The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and joining me for this very special episode, I got three co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Harninger. And Shane Kelly. And this week we're doing things a little differently. Uh, We needed a way to do an episode with low prep going into the holiday week, and we thought, what better way than to do a bit of a Q&A mailbag episode, so... Friendsgiving. Yeah, we were probably going to have a Friendsgiving uh, Skype call anyway, we figured we'd add a little structure and record it and make it relevant to you the listener yeah you know we all have such complicated and extensive plans this coming up uh holiday season what with all the travel and indoor eating and uh partying that we're going to be doing like we don't know when we're going to be able to get together i've got a really busy doorknob licking schedule yeah exactly pry myself away from god Well, y'all, um, how's your pandemic going, guys? <laughs> not a Do you want an answer to question, that? But we can no, actually, no, 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 let's not. <laughs> well, listeners, we uh, we uh, put out a call to our patrons on Patreon, uh, and also to our uh, our Twitter followers uh, to submit some questions for the show, and we got a few pretty good ones here. Some about short games, some about games in general. And some other just sort of more general life questions. And we're going to go through not all of them. There are too many. But uh, we figured we would try to randomize a little bit. So, Nate, do you have your D20? I have a trusty D20 here uh, that has helped me uh, succeed and fail miserably across a couple different campaigns. Feel good about what it's bringing to the table here uh, we have a little bit over 20 questions, so we're going to be moving some things around as we as we take things off the list. And we'll see how many of these we get through. Depends on time. Yeah. There's I no way. Some of these are going to be quick please? hits. Yeah. Please oh, yeah. describe your D20. Uh, well, the one that I, I have chosen, uh, mostly for its high contrast in my dark room, is uh, it is a nice white, um, I guess it's almost like a... Well, really, I'd call it like a cookies and cream colored <laughs> uh, uh, dice with black inset uh, numbers. Mm. So. That sounds like a really boring die. I yeah, mean, I'm sorry for a lot of us have fancy, glittery, like metal. Don't uh, dice shame, Shane. I've got like yeah. I, I, I could, I could be rolling my rose quartz. D twenty. We're gonna, I, we're I gonna be trust my, our fate uh, here. I did polished not, I, steel D twenty with the numeral one replaced with the word fuck. Oh, I did not come here for this. Okay, no. fancy. Nate is doing us a service. <laughs> Thank Nate, you, the Nate. White cookies and cream die bring us luck. No more dice shaming. I do have my fiery orange one for uh, scorch hammer kill, but I wanted to use this nice white one. All right. So shall we uh, commence with yeah. the questions? Yeah, let's All go for right. it. All right. Our first question, number nine. Any game or genre you would like to talk about but never get the chance to? This came to us from our patron Hacksaw Unit. I almost never on this show get to talk about my love of Magic the Gathering. Oh, shut uh, your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I swear yeah, to God. It's a, tr- it's a tricky question, right? Because I think a lot of us, like, our gaming is determined by this show. I think we often have, like, maybe one other game that we're playing, maybe slowly but surely, uh, throughout playing the sh- playing games for the show. But doing a new game every week kind of hard- makes it hard not to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I kind of wish I could do just like an episode about crosswords, but it would be horribly boring for all three of you if you play it. I, you never <laughs> and know. And I'd be like, let's discuss who's got the great crosswords or like which apps to use your crosswords. You guys would be like, this is the most boring. <laughs> like, no one would care. Um, I always yep. puzzle games are super like word puzzle games are almost impossible to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I, we never did an episode on threes. We yeah. talk about it name dropping but like it, the, mm-hmm. there are it, to do a puzzle game it has to be actually short achievable and have an exceptional hook like baba's you yeah so, yeah the more abstract it gets the harder those are to actually do any kind of radio about for for me it's jrpgs or really i guess rpgs in general they just don't mesh with this show uh, i don't play a ton of them but i am like a little bit passionate about them and i pretty much always have one sort of going in the background that i go back mm-hmm. to when i have time between things for this show um, and, you know, never get a chance to talk about them on podcasts. I guess I do have things I could say about them, but you won't be hearing them. They're also right now. long. Yeah, yeah, very, very long. Yeah. I definitely reference it from time to time. But I mean, we don't have we done an episode about Dungeons and Dragons it's in our five yes. year yes. run. We have yes. done that. OK, so we twice. did one. Yeah. Centered uh, around. Yeah, it was uh, it was early, but it was like, yeah, why okay. you well, should play D&D or something like that. Mm-hmm. I continue to run Dungeons and Dragons um, every couple of weeks, and I have done so for about as long as we've done this podcast. It's actually kind of on track about the same time. Uh, We started this podcast about five years ago, and about five years ago, I started running D&D. And uh, with a few breaks, I have uh, kept up with it pretty pretty much. Um, I took about a seven-month break for the pandemic until I figured out how to run it outdoors. Um, Nice. And I'm I'm kind of back on that BS now. Yeah, uh, that's something I had never. My first time playing Dungeons and Dragons was with you as our DM, and since then, now I have DM'd two campaigns, and I recently just started a Starfinder campaign. Now I'm not ooh. DMing; I'm participating. Uh, my character, Grammar Clock Chairduck, is a witch warper. It's a it's a complicated story. Um, I'm really excited for it. But yeah, I, I think we I think we've talked about tabletop. Yeah, off I just and did a on, quick search. But- and if, if listeners are really curious to hear Shane talk a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, go back and look for episode uh, 118 from back in 2017. God. I would rather they check out the episode of The Enthusiast, uh, <laughs> where yes, I we did talk uh, about last week. Yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to Mark um, and his amazing show, The Enthusiast. Um, if you want to hear me speak coherently about Dungeons and Dragons. I think that's the one to check out. Yeah. Well, like there is minutes, a related really question that is number 22, so I'm going to cheat and add it now, which is what D&D class are you? Uh, <laughs> and I, we were not sure if this was as real people what class do you I think, is it like I think, a, I think like, so I think we've got to assign classes oh no what, what class it's is not Laura like who Nash? we play right right mm, right mm, what yeah. class am I we've all had multiple classes in the game of D&D so but in the in in canon reality we each have one canonical class that we were uh, born with it's part of our genetic code hmm. well Reagan you go first I would like to think I'm a 
I am a cleric or no, a bard because of buffs. I, okay, I was going to, I was definitely going to call you a bard. Um, yeah, because of buffs. Like my thing is just like I am better at supporting other people's work than often coming up with my own stuff, but I get really excited about other people's work. So I think a bard is a good choice. For I think me. it's definitely going to be easiest if we assign these to other people. I'm definitely going to call Shane a barbarian. <laughs> well, um, please explain. Uh, I mean, his, uh, he has dude. this extreme. He has this sort of gung ho energy to him, right? Like mm-hmm. the I've always thought of Shane as uh, as as the uh, he's he's my more extreme other half, right? He uh, and uh, and he's got he he's he's wild and and uh, and well, enthusiastic about things. And he did have oh, to buy true. a new car because he got really mad and split his other one in two. So there is that whole thing. So yeah, yeah, I think this makes sense. Yeah. Also the bloodlust. And yeah, and, there's the bloodlust. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna say Reagan is the uh artificer <laughs> class. Oh yeah. Because All which is a fairly recent, yeah, uh fairly recent addition to fifth edition D D. Uh the artificer is a tinkerer and a user of tools and uh repairer of of things. Uh and so I think I'll probably say uh that's the one to go with. All right. Yeah, and Nate? I'm leaning necromancer, but I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm, I was going to go druid, but I might just be basing that off of your uh, of your um, uh, facial I think, hair. I think ranger. <laughs> yeah, ranger. ranger. I ranger. think, like, if you were born in another time period, maybe it's just because you live in St. Louis and I've seen you do a lot of outdoor activities, but I feel like you would be very good in the past as opposed to much of mm-hmm. us indoor kids like and that to I, me feels I, like a ranger i really appreciate this perspective on me but i feel like this is so far from the truth <laughs> what, what would you say yeah I, I would agree uh let's change questions <laughs> he says the uh, not barbarian go on that's great though i appreciate it so a um, uh, new role this is why i'm the dungeon master all the time because i can't pick just one class um yeah let's roll again all right, this time I have rolled a six. What's the longest game each of you have played, not counting MMOs or games as service? Oh, that this rider from, at the end stops me from uh, stops oh, me from picking Destiny. Does Fall in London count as games as service? This question, by the way, comes from our uh, our beloved uh, patron, the patron saint of Bird Week, uh, which I believe is Robert <laughs> Hawks, if I remember his name correctly. I think you're right, but he became the patron saint of Bird Week, uh, mostly because his last name was Hawk. Because his last so, name was Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Thank so you. shout out to him. Uh, this is I've been I saw this on the list, um, and it's one I've been thinking a lot about because when you say not counting MMOs, that definitely cuts out what were easily my longest played games. I've talked on the show for a while about like an entire decade of my life was yeah. basically just MMOs. Uh, so the low-hanging fruit answer for me here is probably, honestly, FTL. I, I honestly think that's probably the game I've played the most. But there's all these games from, like, <clears throat> teenage years, too. Like, I played more Age of Empires 2 than, like, I was going, than I was, like, doing anything else for, like, three or four years of my life. So oh, if I, you're counting games as kids, like, I wasn't allowed video games unless, like, so I got, like, one a year, and it was, like, The Sims. So, like, the amount of time I spent hacking The yeah. Sims that if I had literally any other game, like, probably more than I've ever spent as an adult. 
I wouldn't necessarily have called myself a kid at this point, too. I think it was probably like. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, it's very hard for me to estimate based on childhood games. If I'm going based on things I have actual like data or am able to properly estimate, I'd say it's probably The Witcher 3, which I spent definitely yeah. like a couple hundred hours with. Um I did everything in that game apart from the DLCs. I've still never done the DLCs for some reason. Um, but uh, the uh, maybe escape velocity, if we're including things that we played in childhood, I played a lot of escape velocity on the classic Macintosh back then and uh, probably adds up to um, hundreds of hours. Yeah, I, I, I might, I mean, it's really hard because I, I don't, have that many games that i've sunk just a truly enormous amount of time into and the ones that i have are pretty distant in terms of time so i'm i'm i i I would have a hard time guessing at the amount of time that my top two i've invested in because the number one probably is skyrim the elder scrolls um which I mean, it goes without saying that's a big game and it's a game that you can just mess around in for a really, really long time. But right. I'm I'm not totally sure if it dethroned like The Sims 2, which yeah, I, I spent an awful lot of time mucking around in. Once you got that like rosebud cheat code. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right away. Mods from the Internet. It yeah. just became like right Photoshop yeah. the game at some point. <laughs> See, I always felt like once you got to the point where you're using the unlimited money code in whatever mm-hmm. game you play, you are on the the last legs of that game. Like, Not in The Sims. Well, I because I played The Sims too, but once uh, once I started using that cheat code, I would like I stopped yeah. playing like not that long after because I was like it just. I guess I was like really compelled by the the you know the drive of the game and then just like being able to buy everything and, and kit out everything i had the same problem with uh I, I got really into just about every version of the tycoon games uh roller coaster zoo whatever all out there as soon as i put in that all money cheat code i was probably like done playing it with well, a week or so i think i knew i had a sims problem when i realized that like I could only just have one house and one family I cared about, and everybody else was just a wall with a phone on it and 10 people <laughs> for my people to hook up with. And then it was like, oh, maybe I should stop playing this game. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. I might, I might have to just like throw No Man's Sky in there because I've sunk just a really ridiculous amount of time into that. I, when we get into this level of like, of like dedication at to, to non, all of this is all of this is dwarfed by the amount of time I, I wound up spending in in Destiny. Yeah, the, the, if you're counting MMOs, it's World of Warcraft, EverQuest, EverQuest and then uh, Destiny for me. But like, I, I think the only other one I can think of. I don't know if you all got into these games as much, but um, Fallout Three, New Vegas. I spent an incredible amount of time playing. Yeah, I never played that uh, one. I only ever played uh, the original Fallout Three. And then I also was really into the Grand Theft Auto games. So I probably spent a fair amount of time just, you know, playing those. Yeah. Didn't even think about causing that. mayhem. Yeah. yeah. I, this is why I really wish there was some way to get accurate stats. We spend a lot of time thinking about like how much time a game actually takes to finish. And, and so we've all, we've run into again and again and again issues with how bad all the different systems for like tracking time spent in a game are. 
Uh, like every console has this feature and they're all implemented equally badly. Like, yeah, if you pause, if you suspend, like if you forget to turn the console off or whatever it is, like it's always tracked and it's always wrong. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, if we are going by steam, it's just Stardew Valley. What's the next one? (laughs) (laughs) Roll it up. Roll the dice. Next question. Here we go. (laughs) 14. Mm. What other podcasts do you listen to? So let's just go in order here. It's from uh, listener Colin. Thank you, Colin. From hey. Colin. Thank you, Colin. About 15 million. Hit me up if you want a recommendation. <laughs> That's the What's answer. your, what is your, here's, I hear, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. What are your, uh, like, what are the ones that you were listening to, like, you know the day it comes out and you're going to listen to it probably within like a handful of hours since it's been released versus, you know, I think I have a ton of podcasts that I listen to that it's like only once I've expelled like all my primary shows, do I like really dig into these? So Laura, what would you say if you can, like what is maybe the one or two that you are like, you know when it's coming out and what you're going li- to and you're and you're going to listen to every every episode every week. Yeah, so uh currently I'm really into you're wrong about um but I think like my long-term go-to's there's one called She Done It which is about um uh golden age detection fiction. Uh, there is one called Radio Westeros, which is extremely well-produced Game of Thrones podcast where they actually summarize basically everything about a character arc. They do readings and everything. Like, they're just so much better than everybody else. It's almost, like, dumb. Nice. And yeah. But I think, like, from a more accessible one, I, I think the one I end up recommending to almost everyone is Decoder Ring, uh, where they take uh, one oh, topic yeah. and I was going to recommend that, too. It. Yeah. So I, I listen to a lot of you know, kind of talky. I don't like the long-term loosey-goosey improv ones. I like a little bit of produced topic stuff, but I I think like niche podcasts about special interest topics are almost always my favorites. Mm. Nice. Uh, so for me, I... I, I so I've I've gone through a lot of periods where I would listen to a very large number of podcasts, and I'm the kind of person that like tends to pick and choose episodes. So almost no podcasts do I like listen to every single episode. I look at I look at episode descriptions, and I kind of filter things into a queue. And there was a point before I did a big cull recently where I was subscribed to eighty something podcasts. Um, so that's that's how I go about podcasts. But um, the the few podcasts that I know, I listen to pretty much every episode for. Um, probably my number one is Waypoint Radio. Uh, I'm a a big fan of uh the work they do over there. Um, you know, Waypoint is Vice's sort of uh, uh video game website that previously was its own thing and has been Vice has mismanaged it and. And it's a shadow. The website is a bit of a shadow of its old self, but the the podcast is still going strong. And it's got uh, like Austin Walker and Rob Zachney and Patrick Klepek and Gita Jackson joined recently. And it's it's probably my favorite sort of video game chat show. Um, and they are also weekly, which is really nice. Uh, they have really lengthy, meaty episodes once a week. So it's a, it's a lot to listen to, but it's probably my favorite. I also am a big fan of the Accidental Tech Podcast. I'm interested in uh, tech generally and Apple stuff specifically, and I like that show a lot. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other shows that I, I tend to, oh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll recommend Enthusiast from friend of the mm-hmm. show, Mark Bramhill. I'm a big fan of that. 
twice like, in this episode now. Yes, yeah. Uh, lately for news, I've been listening to uh, Consider This from NPR, which is a decent news podcast that doesn't make me hate my life. Um, I don't know what else to recommend at the moment. Uh, I, I have a lot of podcasts subscribed. I kind of jump mm-hmm. around a lot. Well, one that hasn't been mentioned here, uh, although you guys have covered a lot of things I do love, um, is The Memory Palace by oh, Nate yeah. DeMeo, which yep. is a little historical vignette told in a kind of a poetic sort of way and it's very well produced and you can pretty much jump in anywhere all of them are pretty good and yeah i totally recommend that one all the time yeah i think actually Um, that's the the one podcast in my list of current subscriptions that i've been subscribed to longest like mm -hmm, for it's been going on like a decade or more Yeah. yeah yeah it's absolutely excellent um Previously on the show, I have recommended uh, in a Making Me Happy, uh, the Magnus Archives, which is coming to its conclusion. It's a horror fiction podcast that I've been really enjoying. Um, And let me see if there's anything else I can think of. Uh, I have some weird picks. Um, I tend to listen to podcasts uh, to fall asleep. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have the old reliable, a podcast called Sleep With Me. Uh, by a dude named Scooter, uh, who will tell you a boring bedtime story and will bore you so much that you are almost certainly guaranteed to fall asleep. It's a weird skill set. Yeah. Yeah. And then my my fave one that I'm listening to pretty much as they come out um, and still also working my way through the back catalog is Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, this is a movie review podcast. Um, it's... It's a movie podcast about filmographies. They pick a director and they do an episode of every they do an episode on every single movie in that director's canon. Um, and so, for example, right now they're working their way through um, uh, Robert Zemeckis. So they and one of the great things about the podcast is they have now come to the point where they're, uh, I would say, quite popular, very popular and uh, have really great guests on almost every episode. So the last episode they did uh castaway and they had uh, Nia da Costa, uh, who's the upcoming director of the new Candyman adaptation. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that show and I, I tend to kind of watch along with them. So it's, it's a really nice uh, show for that. It, they're, they're really great at finding the kind of putting the, Putting the movie, not just critiquing it, but putting it into context in terms of like, you know, how it got made and the director's filmography. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, a couple that, of really that, smart. That reminded me of on one that, that I wanted to mention. Yeah, I was going to say I wanted to mention a couple more, <laughs> um, but I, I won't. I'll make it that. very quick. Um, I like 302010 for pop culture stuff. Uh, 302010 is uh, a, uh, a, uh, a podcast where they talk about this week in uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, like what movies were coming out, what was on TV and so on. Uh, and it's great for just sort of reminding me and making me feel old. Like that was 20 years ago every week. Uh, and it's been great to kind of like get, uh, you know, watch movies and stuff along with that. So that's, that's another one to recommend. Yeah. I've, I'll, I will let Nate go, but first I want to recommend three <laughs> real quick ones. Cause I, I didn't have my phone with me so I couldn't look at the cheat list. So I have like 20 ones I listen to weekly, which is a little scary, but I'll say Appointment Television is an excellent TV podcast that also recognizes that old movies or old TV shows are good. They do TV book clubs of shows that have already been out. 
Cocaine and Rhinestones, The History of Country Music is extraordinarily good, especially if you don't know anything about country music of the 70s. Uh, and the last one I will say is something true is a history podcast that doesn't feel like it feel, almost reads like a fiction podcast. It's so nicely produced. Neat. Nice. Right, roll All them right. bones, Nate. Yeah. No, I'm going to answer no, this podcast. Nate question. hasn't oh, answered the oh, question. Yeah. I'm sorry, we Nate. All talk too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought Nate. I thought Laura was throwing to you. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No. Nate. I honestly it's, forgot Nate hadn't gone yet. So yeah, it's I okay. had to. Sorry, sorry to Nate. Go ahead. What do you listen to? Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so I listen to a lot, as I said at the top. But um, some of my favorites. Last podcast on the left. It's a murder horror comedy show. It's been really interesting to watch these guys go from basically like literally a basement to now they're the flagship podcast of Spotify's attempt at a at a podcast empire. Uh, so it's been they're great and it's a wonderful show. Uh, I'm a big fan of a podcast called The Doughboys, which is a uh, it's a show about reviewing fast food, um, but it's it's two improv comics. If you're into the whole alt improv comedy scene comedy bang bang how did this get made uh that whole world of of comedy uh it's that it's that same world but they review fast food chains and it's fantastic you gotta listen to the show to really understand it there's this they have a uh, there's a there's a relationship that goes on in this show that is really hard to explain and you just gotta listen to it it's very very funny uh and all those other like how did this get made in comedy bang bang are two of my favorites uh for Politics, I listen to Pod Save America pretty much every single week, and I'm also a big fan of a show called The Dollop. And then finally, Dungeons and Daddies, maybe my favorite podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> if you're not listening to it, I recommend that you do. It is so Dungeons a, and Dragons Dream Daddy mashup, right? Uh, uh, it, you know, I mean, it, it actually like on premise, it sounds almost like internet-y exploitive, but then when you listen to it, it's actually fantastic. But what it really is, it's four dads who... Uh, have become lost in the forgotten realms and they on a quest to, to rescue their sons. And uh, it's fantastic. It's really, really funny. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy it. If you like uh, Adventure Zone, kind of when Adventure Zone first started, uh, be, before they, and I still listen to that show, but before they got like really into like, how do we make everything like have an emotional heart and more? It was like, what if we just make jokes while playing D and D that's what uh, dungeons and daddy still does really, really well. So awesome. Uh, really, really love that show. So, all right, let's go on to another question. I have somehow managed to misplace. Here it is 12. So for number 12, we have, what is your favorite game console? This comes to us from David Giza. I think this one can be pretty quick uh, for most of us, probably. Uh, for me, uh, it is probably the Game Boy Advance. I have many other loves in my heart, but the Game Boy Advance is wonderful. I own a bunch of Game Boy Advances. I have a pretty large collection of GBA games, and I uh, I love it. Switch. Switch. You know, Laura, that's what I've been sitting here thinking. I'm like, how oh, is it my... PS4, which I've had for so long now and has been my trusty companion, is it something throwback like Nintendo 64 or is it Switch? I'm having a hard time not just saying Switch. It has been yep. what I've spent the the significant majority of my game playing over the last since the Switch came out has been all Switch. And so and it's great and I love it. So Switch, 
three switches and a Nintendo DS. We are Game Boy Advance, big, please. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we are whatever, Reagan. <laughs> Get on the Nintendo Switch train, wants to Reagan. sponsor us. We are definitely open. Honestly, for Reagan, I was sitting here ready for like some deep cut on like a Famicom that was only released in like the southern tip of Korea for three days or something. <laughs> uh, so your uh, your answer was way way more uh, mainstream than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nate. All right, moving on. <laughs> Roll them. <laughs> Eleven. We're all, all right. right in the same uh, spot. What game are you most thankful for this year from listener oh. and supporter Hacksaw Unit? Most thankful for? That's a tricky one. I um, can say. Go um, yeah. So for me, um, the game that came out at the right time for me, I think, also came out at the right time for a lot of people, and it's uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Um, right. I mean, there's, there's really, it really shows that for, for me and for lots and lots and lots of people, like there was a pent up demand for a new animal crossing game for a new console. Uh, but that isn't why it was like the biggest seller of the entire year. That's because, uh, people wanted something comforting and quiet and, uh, somewhat social, and uh kind and and nice um you know in, in a time that was super confusing and and upsetting and scary so um yeah it was the right game at the right time and it was uh yeah i think it's a really good answer uh, i i for me i uh i did play that and liked it uh, but my answer is going to be a little idiosyncratic uh i got a lot of uh, of sort of quiet joy out of returning to Persona 3 this year. So um, that's my answer. And I think it's uh, the Jackbox games because I started doing family game nights and I didn't expect my brother to be like, cool, oh. what's the next game? That's I awesome. thought we were going to play one game for the night and he was like, what's cool, we played this for a little bit. What's next? And I was like, uh, and because it was a party pack, I was actually okay. Um, That's a good answer. So. I've played some of those over uh, over Zoom and whatnot with, uh, with you know, people this pandemic. And it's definitely a good one to uh, to be thankful for in these weird times. Yeah, that really saved my butt. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I was gonna go similar to, to Reagan and say, I uh, over my you know, just had the birth of our uh, second daughter that spent a lot of late nights just sitting on the couch playing switch. And I played through almost hundred percenting hollow Knight. So I was going to say hollow Knight, but honestly uh, I've talked about this on a previous episode a while ago, but through this entire pandemic, I have been, I've had a weekly poker game with a group of my friends utilizing this garbage, but successfully adapted poker app called poker. With three R's, two. <laughs> right. And it's it's like got this really wacky uh like skin that's like, you're a secret agent. Like, can you like all it's all gonna be on the table tonight? Can you take down the you know the bad guy and win the hearts of the Fim Fatale? You know, it's like it's really terrible and trashy. Uh, but it has facilitated a weekly game that it that has allowed me to stay connected and actually get further connected with some people that I had lost connection with over the years. Uh, and, and there are, there are a handful of people now that through this pandemic, I am much better friends with 
than I was before the pandemic. And that's a weird thing to like a weird outcome of this whole thing. But I'm thankful to these games that uh, that just work and allow you to just have like a reason to sit on a Zoom call with like six or seven of your friends, um, because we all know just if anyone's been invited to like a poorly planned um, Zoom hangout, they're Zoom awful. hangout. You it's need awful. Something <laughs> you need to something. do. Yep. And so I've been playing this poker game, and I also did recently get into Among Us, which obviously is like the thing right now, so I don't really mm-hmm. need to explain it. But it's been a blast. So um, these games that have like allowed people to come together uh, has been is my the thing that I am thankful for this year. Awesome. I was the imposter six times in a row at the no. end of the what? one game of Among Us we played. Oh my god! Well, to the point I, that I killed myself and said, "I, I as an imposter for our last game," and I was like, "I don't want to be the imposter for the last game." And everyone's like, "Okay, cool." There, but if you're there, the imposter, don't say anything. And of course, I was the imposter again. So there is there are, there's rumors. I, I can't tell if it's just people over uh, over like misunderstanding random number generators. But there is a rumor that there's like a glitch that one person can be at like more times than they're supposed to. So you can leave the game, start a new game and it should fix it. Um, but I had the inverse the other night. I played for two and a half hours. I was the imposter one time. And I was like, all right, this is less fun. You got to be the imposter sometimes. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next question. Three. Is there a game that first made you think shorter games deserve as much attention as big budget stuffed to the gills with content triple A ones? This one also coming from David Giza. Uh, yeah, I think Reagan, you can really answer this one for all of us because this very question is kind of what started this podcast. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, for me, it was I pretty much specifically Gone Home was the the, the game that made me start this show uh, or want to start this show. Um, if you haven't listened to it, we've covered Gone Home twice, our first episode, and then I think it was our two hundredth episode we returned mm-hmm. to it and did it again yeah. because our first episode was kind of bad because it was our first episode, but uh, yeah, gone home. That's the answer. It's uh, I think it's the game that like it introduced a new way of doing storytelling in video games, or at least uh, brought a lot of, of new ideas to a way that had been experimented with uh, previously. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still one of my listen very to favorite the two games. episodes about it. Yeah. Go listen to that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I really think that answers for all four of us. So uh, let's go on to another question. Roll them bones. All right. We have our first double. So that's going to lead us to pulling one of our excess questions, which, first of all, is a really important question. This comes to us from The Sweat from our Patreon. Reagan, what gives you the right? I own the domain name. Deal. All right, moving on to our next question. Let me roll and again. Yet you didn't get the uh, the Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore the short. Don't rub it in. <laughs> I, know. I never get the Twitter handle I want. Never. I know. We never do. There's a Nate in Australia just having a good old time with at Nate. Mm. I've told you guys about the, the uh, person who got... So I'm at Reagan K and at Reagan with my fairly unique spelling is uh, got 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 into Twitter about a year before I did. And she her uh, her Twitter bio just says mom and designer. And she tweeted one time on her first day on Twitter. And that tweet, which is still her only tweet, just says reading email. (laughs) 
She got a lot of email to get through, man. She'll she'll let us know when she's done. I never. There ends. was a there was a news story a while back saying that like they were going to start freeing up old unused Twitter handles, and I was like so excited that they were going to do that. I was like, I'm going to get Reagan. I'm going to get Reagan. I will be first in line. Uh, and they haven't done it. They they said they were going to do that like two or three years ago, and they've still never done it. Too busy with fleets. Yeah. Yeah. And that officially dates this podcast. November <laughs> 2020. Yep. It's like the timeline goes sideways. Hearts are now florps. Um <laughs> All right, next question, number 18. This is a this is an interesting question. In a time where most of us are trapped at home, what are some physical spaces, places, or buildings you've been thankful for over the years? This comes to us from Spinda, also from the Patreon. I've got an answer to that that's uh, really been helping me out during this time. Um, and that is, uh, I I have been really fortunate to be down the block from a place called Coral Sword. And I know you guys have heard me talk about the place before. Um, it's a, I'm literally just a few blocks away from, from it. It's a game store slash coffee shop. And the reason it's been helping uh, these days, even though, you know, we're avoiding eating indoors and things like that is, uh, you know, I'd really gotten to know um, Sandy, the guy that uh, kind of is the managing partner there. And uh, he, we basically, I helped build a deck out front of the place, basically turned all the parking in front of Coral into um, a deck with outdoor tables and that has enabled like masked socially distanced gaming for me. And after that is what's responsible for like after a seven month hiatus, me being able to start playing Dungeons and Dragons again. So um, that's been a really wonderful place. And I, I think your local games shop, your local coffee shop needs whatever support you can give them in this time, because it is a absolute nightmare for local retail especially the kind of small local retail yeah. that is responsible for you know it's where you're gonna at when this is all over where you're gonna want to be buying your games and your coffees and whatever it is that you want to buy so uh hope i hope everyone out there is thinking about their local shops and things like that i don't think i would have been as sane as I have been through the pandemic if it wasn't for the courtyard in our apartment, uh, which is one of the only places I can be uh, far away from people, not buying things and outside. <laughs> um, I I really think that like New Yorkers made a deal with the devil to like, we have very bad apartments so we can go to wonderful public spaces and almost all of those are closed. So like the fact that I have a courtyard right now is, is keeping me going. But I'll say in the past, um, uh, as for coffee shops, like in Chicago, Wormhole Coffee is an exceptionally good nerdy Love coffee that. shop. Love that And place. it's next door to Myopic Books, a used bookstore, uh, which keeps you busy browsing. So like I spent so much time waiting for tables at brunch pops up and down the street. Just you can wait for an hour and a half because you know you can get a great coffee from Wormhole and then you can go look at used books and eventually your buzzer will ring. And that's just been fantastic. We did exactly that thing when we came in, when uh, me and some friends went to Chicago for a show two years ago and hung out with you and Justin for the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Went to Wormhole, got coffee, went around myopic while waiting for our table at a fantastic uh, brunch spot. So it never was never gets old. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> um, for me, 
I, I, I live in St. Louis and St. Louis has some really wonderful parks that are available and completely open with a lot of free features within them. And so this last nine months or so, um, really spent a lot of time in these really gorgeous, uh, outdoor areas. Um, forest park is massive and has a beautiful lake. That's all walking distance from our house. And, uh, the St. Louis Zoo is there. There's just a lot of uh, uh, the art museum. Well, we're not going in there right now, but there's a lot of wonderful things in Forest Park that are that are free and beautiful. So I'd say that the um, the parks in our area are have really been a great place for us. I don't have a lot of that around me. I do have a, a, one small park near me that I could say I'm pretty thankful for. That's a, a really nice park, but specifically the one thing about it that I think is is cute is that it has a little um, uh, putt-putt course in it. Aww. Nice. And, uh, and so uh, I've been experimenting with that a little bit during the pandemic. But I guess uh, if I had to say what I've been thankful for more recently, probably – so we moved into a new house uh, this year just before the pandemic – uh, which has been tough because it's, you know, in a new place and suddenly locked down in a house, you know, but at least I'm in a nice new house that we are are liking. And so for me, I guess if I had to be specific, probably the thing I'm most thankful for right now is the back porch. We have a screened in back porch being screened in is very important in Houston because there are plague flies. You know, <laughs> this is just absolute mm-hmm. swarms of mosquitoes here. And, um, uh, having a screened in back porch is something I've never had before. Um, it, I still haven't done everything with it that I would like, but I've, uh, during certain parts of the of the year, I was taking my morning coffee out there and sitting and watching the sun come up after I dropped the kids off for, for, uh, for daycare, but before, uh, you know, before starting work. And so probably that space it's been, that's been nice. Well, let's roll them bones. All right, here we go. I have rolled a four. All right. This one is intricate. What is the shortest game that's still a video game? Assuming that video game mechanics imply repetition. Therefore, it can't be a one decision twine game, for example. This comes hmm. to us from Philip Hrasik, uh via Twitter. This is kind of like, what is art? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a tricky one, but I actually uh, this I have one game that immediately sprang to mind for me on this one. So sure. I'm going to recommend that everyone play Queers in Love at the End of the World. Um, it's a and now he specifically said it can't be a one decision twine game. And this is I'm considering uh, not that because it has multiple decisions, but it's also very, very, very short. I don't remember exactly how short off the top of my head. I think it's under a minute. Oh, it's 10. It's 10 seconds. So it's a game that you have. Uh, you're playing out a conversation um, between two lovers right as the world is ending. And you have 10 seconds to say what you want to say. And it has multiple branching paths. There's actually quite a lot of sort of um, uh, narrative space in it for something that is intended to be played multiple times, obviously, to try to try to get the words right. Um, And I've always loved it. It's really, really great. And you can find it on uh, Anna Anthropy's uh, itch.io page. Nice. There's a game I'd like to suggest to everyone. Um, I think that maybe sits right at the lower boundary of game length. And it's also been incredibly just useful to me on a personal level at many times from my childhood to my adulthood. Uh, The short 
game would be single elimination rock, paper, scissors. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. That is trash. So single single elimination. At that point, you're just a game of luck. You got to go two or three. It's a game Let, of psychology. Not, yeah. a, not out of single elimination. That You get no information. It's just guesswork. Two out of Maybe three is where you. it's Stop. at. Stop. You're making a fool of yourself. <laughs> no. No. Listen, Please. the depth, the replayability. Speaking like someone who throws paper first. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, I, I think you have the right answer here. See, I want to see you sweat after the first one. I understand that there may be some strategy to a single elimination, but two out of three is where the mind games begin. All right. <laughs> I, I love the time in between throw number one and throw number two. And if it makes it to a decisive three, there's no more there's no more stressful thing than you'll feel in your entire life than that moment. What are they gonna throw? Rock, paper, scissors, mm-hmm. we'll never know. So I'm but, writing down future episode idea. Rock, paper, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we can answer this question without mentioning a game that we mention all the time on this show, uh, because I think it holds the best, the ratio of uh, longest podcast episode to length of game, which is, mm-hmm. and I had to Google it. Dr. Langeskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist. It's a game that we covered on the show. I think it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, and it sparked about an hour and a half conversation. I know there are shorter games for sure, but this is a game with full on you are uh, like 3D world, full on creation, voice acting, everything. So uh, when I think of like, you know, what most people would think of a, a video game, this is the shortest one that I can think of, at least that we've covered. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, definitely rock, paper, scissors really beats it for replayability, though. Agree 100 percent. Um, I also, if we're talking about that, I'll also say that game where you just get a whole bunch of dots and everyone can, in, on your journey, can only draw one line, mm, classic. you know, and then your goal is to make squares. That's another good one. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. Here we go. Rolled a double. So we'll go to our overflow here. What's... <laughs> What? I forgot we put this on here. What's <laughs> what's everyone's most weeby game they like other than Reagan? <laughs> this was contributed by my wife, which implies to that dunk Reagan is a weeby game. This came from <laughs> ja- this came from Jamie Reagan's wife. Uh, I'll I'll tell you that my favorite weeby game is watching Reagan try to toe the line between losing his mind on our on our episodes. <laughs> Uh, and um, keeping it cool when he's talking about his Weeby games. That's my favorite Weeby game is the internal struggle Reagan Guys, deals with. It's just, if only if we were a video podcast, if you could watch it, just Reagan's like turmoil he's going through before while well, trying to not just lose his mind for an hour about whatever <laughs> thing it is and keep it, keep it tight on the episode. Shut That's my favorite. The, the thing game. that blows me away is that virtually every time that Reagan is 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 being mocked for being a weeb on this show, it's a brutal self own. It's it's almost <laughs> never one of us. Yeah. Well, that's why it's part of my favorite game is watching this like internal struggle <laughs> that he deals with. It's yeah. his question was born mm-hmm. from his own, uh, yes. you know, his own feelings. So I'd like to share mine, which we've actually covered on the show, uh, which was um, 
basically the Puyo Puyo series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the most wonderfully weeby thing about these is that, I mean, I, I love it for the puzzle elements. Uh, I tolerate it for the incredibly over-elaborate and over-indulgent storylines uh, that divide the puzzles into uh, little little chunks. There are There are a million characters in the Puyo Puyo series, and they're all horrible. Yeah, I'll say that I played a ton of a visual novel called uh, Bar Oasis 2, which is mixology mm. Korean version of a JRPG. Mm. And then but the reviews are basically like, it gets old mixing cocktails because you want to know the drama between all of these anime characters in the bar so bad. Um, <laughs> but that game is lost to the sands of time. And <laughs> Thanks, Not iOS. even the company I work for can bring it back. <laughs> what a bummer. All right, roll them bones. Let's do it. Next game, or next question. Eight. Eight. All right. What's a game you keep coming back to, Colin? A game that I keep returning to over and over and over again, and I don't know when I will ever stop, is the uh, Alto's Odyssey and Alto's Adventure. Mm. Those are just my zone out phone game. And, you know, like that's a that's a niche that's really hard to dethrone. You know, honestly, that is my answer, too. I have 100 percented one of those games and the other one very nearly, although I've uh, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I've gone back and replayed those uh, just endlessly. They are still on my phone. Mm-hmm. I would play it a ton more if they didn't, uh, if they let you play podcasts in the background, I would probably be playing it nonstop. Um, they I do now, very- at least. I, I know I, I know I'm able to do that. So Ooh, good. Just tossing I, that I out am there. Um, very upset that now uh, Threes tells you how many games you've played because it uh, makes me terrified for my life. <laughs> Knowing how many times I've played threes is like, you, it's like a forbidden knowledge. Are you going to own up? Are you going to tell us? I'm trying to open it actually. So if I can get it to Nate, do you have my- an answer? Yes. My answer is, uh, predictably FTL and into the breach. Hmm. Those are just perfect replayable, uh, strategy games i just enjoy them so much so oh and if we're just talking about this year uh sonic mania oh great i game. went back to and and replayed the whole thing in and the like the new mode and then like kept kept it going i've i've now i like back to back that game uh after coming back to it this year so nice uh it, it doesn't hurt that my son really really likes sonic the hedgehog but man that game really flows all right, let's roll it up. I'm ready to roll again. All right, next one. We've got 16. What are your most ardent non-gaming hobbies or interests? This comes to us from Gaming in the Wild. Um, that's so I, I the probably the easiest answer for me there for cuz I have a lot of I feel almost called out by this question because that made me realize like <laughs> how many of my my hobbies and interests are at least in some way gaming related. Like I can't say like I, I, had the same I like electronics. Oh, yeah. I like to repair them or something like that because it's like I'm mostly repairing game stuff. Um, yeah. So I guess the the most uh, 
the most non-game related uh, hobby. And I was also going to say like podcasting. <laughs> it's like, no, mm-hmm. that doesn't quite count either. Um, probably, uh, probably tiki cocktails, uh, both uh, going to tiki bars, which I love to do when there's not a <laughs> pandemic on um, and um, making tiki cocktails at home, collecting tiki, which you're really good at delicious um all of all of the tiki things even uh even just like just like reading about tiki stuff uh it's it's a uh uh you know it's it's one of the things i like and i yeah so if you if you're like me and you may have at one point in your life walked by a tiki bar and thought who likes that (laughs) you did oh no it's reagan it's reagan it's endearing. No, I, I don't. I'm not. I have had. I've been the benefactor of a, a wonderful tiki environment and uh, and uh, cocktail from Reagan. So, uh, I've got a couple of oddball hobbies that. Well, I guess they're not that oddball. Um, I have gotten really into house plants. Uh, I love it. I love this for you, you weirdo. I know. <laughs> like like many people uh, these days, I have uh, started gathering various house plants and uh, learning their care and feeding and now my house is full of them and uh, so that's good for me um and then I, I guess the other is just like movies movies have always been like a big hobby for me like and you know it's not just like you know I, I like to watch movies I like to learn about how movies are made and stuff like that yeah I think I I have um I'm a collector of hobbies um my friend Sarah made us all take Enneagram tests and I got a seven, which is a person who like doesn't ever specialize in something and just does everything. And I was like, oh, cool. I've like now found my self-identified uh, thing. But um, some hobbies that I've been into, I love uh, reading. Even in the pandemic with the pandemic brain, I think I'm still at 53 books so far this year, um, nice. which I feel pretty good about. Um, I am a really big um like I, I love reading about uh, history, but I like the nonfiction books about one topic kind of bore me. So I like a lot of grab back stuff. I think I've I've quilted a map of Chicago by hand for the last couple of years, and I keep embroidering it because it's never going to be done. And I've probably spent uh, you want to talk longest hours. I've probably spent about two hundred hours on that thing. <laughs> Turns out you hand quilt a thing. It. Uh, Every stitches by you. It's a lot of TV. I watch so much TV. That's another hobby. I guess. <laughs> just again, I wish we were filming this because just the the little moment of realization in your eyes as you mentioned TV, and you're like, oh yeah, TV. I watch so much TV. Yeah, I mean, I also right. love um, like collect. I wish I if I had a ton of money, I would collect animation concept art. But I'm broke, so I look at the internet at animation concept art. Nice. <laughs> And I, I, the couple books I do own, I, I treasure. That's awesome. Um, so for me, there's, I, I think I'm, I think I, I relate heavily to to you, Laura, on this. Um, you got a lot of things that I'm interested in, but none that I like are like. It's primary. like what day is it? What is yeah. my current hobby? Yeah. Um, but I'd say, uh, so I'm a big fan of baseball. That's my. I'm not really a sports guy, but other than baseball, of which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I also have gotten really into cooking. I really like uh, a lot of different things, but um, I, I got a sous vide, an immersion circulator a few years ago. So really love playing around with that. I also uh, have gotten over the past year or so really into making home pizza, like entirely from scratch, 
you know, flour from Italy, all of that. Um, I, uh, also, uh, music and just music making and, and listening to music, uh, similar to like what Shane would say about movies. But for me, it's music. Like I just listen. That's, you know, my Spotify subscription is like my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I just, I am always looking for what's new and what's, what's out. And, uh, I also have, uh, play music so i've got a bunch of just random little keyboards and drums and guitar and pretty much anything that i can get my hands on i want to play it so a lot of different stuff i i do think though like reagan it's like i have to like gaming and everything around gaming is kind of like what is primary and then it's when i'm not doing that it's all this other stuff so i think all of us are theater geeks though well oh yeah that's (laughs) That's a good point like I, I yeah. didn't mention it because I assumed someone else was going to. I'm kind to, of afraid like, to mention, that say that I'm, I'm actually thing. an ex-theater geek. Like, I'm so out of touch with everything oh, theater-related yeah. these days. Like, I get all I get most of my, like, theater, uh, like, updates from, like, mostly from you, Laura. Like, yeah, I was going to say, for me. <laughs> my, yeah, my, my theater geekness uh, still lives in me through the fact that the Hamilton soundtrack is my number one listened-to album for, like, four years in a row on Spotify. So, um uh, but yeah, I haven't been directly involved in theater in like 10 years. Um, but that was a huge part of my life for a long time. Yeah. I had a theater company I co-founded in Chicago. Um, I've you know left it, um, obviously, because I don't live there. Um, but it's it, it, now I just am a I like being a patron. Uh, I yeah. like being a, a patron for the cheap lottery tickets <laughs> when there's not a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, you definitely make yourself feel a lot better when you call yourself a patron of the art when you're waiting to see if your like free lottery for a ticket from the local university comes through or not. <laughs> hey, I won a cursed child I'm, ticket, so I'm like, talking about also- myself. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Roll uh, damn bones. All right, so um, our next one, I think we're gonna do two more. So uh, this la- the second to last one, this penultimate question. Number seven, what's the rarest game each of you own from Patron Saint of Bird Week? Rarest mm. game. I have uh so if it's not if it's not game hardware, because I have I have a Vectrex and those are I guess a little bit rare these days. Um and I suppose some of the games I own for the Vectrex might be considered rare. So I have some like and I'm not really sure if we would be counting things like a homebrew game for the Vectrex that probably has like a run of a few hundred copies. Those are very rare in terms of numbers, but I'm not sure that's quite what people think of when they think of a rare game. Um, I think for weirdly enough, the, the rarest commercially released normal game game type game that I own, because I actually don't own a lot of like rare retro stuff in terms of actual games. Um, probably the rarest normally released game i own is actually the uh ps4 uh release of the of um gravity rush remastered for the playstation 4 that was a vita game that got a remaster on playstation 4 uh and uh for whatever reason they and i didn't know this when i bought it but they only released it via amazon and pretty much only for pre-orders so if you didn't pre-order it on Amazon, uh, then there was there was nowhere where else to get it. And um, I, I see it 
going up. It was like a 30, it was like a $40 game when I bought it, like a budget price release. And I think it's like a couple hundred bucks or sells occasionally for a couple hundred bucks now, but it's not even really so much the price. It's just, it's just a pretty rare game. And I also am kind of excluding, like I own some things from limited run games that I think might have a lower print run than that, but it's, uh, it's hard to say. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I guess is probably my rarest thing, even though it's maybe not the most exciting thing. I own quite a few rare magic cards that I will not bore you with. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am not a collector of really anything, um, but my PS4 still has PT installed <laughs> on it, which, as I understand, is becoming an increasingly rare and collectible thing. So um, that is my rare game. All right. And our last question uh of the day and we're we're hand selecting this one to end it it's just an important question that the people need to know favorite thanksgiving dish coming to us from david giza what's everyone's favorite thanksgiving dish sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top and this is always a big Mm. thing like the marshmallow to sweet potato ratio in my um household has gotten increasingly ridiculous (laughs) over the years (laughs) like it it, it's mostly marshmallows at this point like the density of putting an entire package on top um but i it's funny because i usually have thanksgiving now with my in-laws and um i they make healthy sweet potatoes and i don't want to ruin it so actually what i contribute yearly is cornbread stuffing Mm. um that's the one thing I make every year um, because I don't want to bring my like horrible Southern, mostly orange juice and sugar sweet potatoes to the beach. <laughs> it, it's funny you talk about uh, ratio, though, because I uh, one of my favorite Thanksgiving dishes is pumpkin pie. And I believe firmly that you need a two to one whipped cream to pumpkin pie ratio on <laughs> your uh on your pumpkin pie for it to really be uh, perfect. So I'd say mm. pumpkin pie and whatever cheesy potato thing is going to be there. There's a hundred different versions of it. And every time it's like what I ultimately end up just wanting the most of some sort of cheesy potato thing. Just give me all of it. I'm always about the pie. Uh, I just got to have my pie, whatever kind of pie it is. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I could usually go with like an apple over like a, I don't know, pumpkin pie, the seasonal pies of this uh, this time of year. Mm, what about uh, pecan? Yeah, I gotta love that pecan. Oh yeah, you know, with, especially if it's hot with uh, with a side of ice cream. So depressing. The grocery store today had every type of pie except they had blueberry pie. They did not have pecan. No, and I was like Yankees. <laughs> pecan pie is, is probably mine. Although That's since very good. just since Shane already said pecan pie. And Laura already said uh, the uh, the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top. Those are definitely probably my top two. But uh, a, a near third would be hot rolls with butter. Usually there's some yeah. freshly yeah, baked that's, mm, bread mm, rolls. Mm, ooh. Do you like the Hawaiian sweet rolls or are you more like a, 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 a more classic wheat or even white roll? You know, honestly, I like a white roll. I like, uh, yeah, I like cornbread, please. Cornbread. Excellent. Excellent choice. And I like the Hawaiian rolls, too. Those are fine. Uh, if you prefer something, it's like pre-baked. But I like straight from the oven, freshly baked white bread rolls with butter. That's what yeah, I like. Hard yeah, because the Hawaiian roll isn't as good with butter yeah. as you'd like it to be. Like. Like white rolls when you add butter is like an exponential increase in goodness. Um, and Hawaiian rolls when you add butter is just like 
a linear increase. I see what you're good. saying. Yeah, and you got to get a nice salted butter. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and Hawaiian yeah. rolls don't taste good dipped in gravy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't I know. Like <laughs> <you guys laughs> <in gravy. laughs> I have no problem dipping those in gravy. <laughs> yeah. Do you really want to commit to that, Laura? <laughs> I, 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 I do not. I was. I rescind my, my hasty decision. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this was a good time, and uh, I, I hope all of our listeners out there are uh, are having a safe Thanksgiving. And I'd also like to call out that we are. We also know that we have listeners outside of America. Yes. So if yes, if, so we just hope you are having a nice meal right now. Mm-hmm. I hope yeah, that and- whoever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are, you have a wonderful meal sometime this week. I'm thankful mm-hmm. for our listeners wherever you are. Yes. Absolutely. And you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame, where you'll find a contact form. That's a great way to let us know what you think about the show, suggest games, etc. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash theshortgame. And most of the questions that you heard here were uh, questions from our patrons submitted to us via our Discord. Thank you to all of our patrons. We're very thankful for you. I'm especially thankful for our patrons right now, because as if you heard last week's episode, you probably know that my microphone just completely went dead and having uh having the patreon uh meant that that didn't have to be a stressful thing or a big deal at all i just ordered a new one and had it rushed to me in time for the next one so uh you know thank you very much to our listeners for their support it keeps the show running we really appreciate it and of course all of our listeners get access to our discord and we are thankful for having you there as well so join us patreon.com slash the short game uh, you can also find me on twitter i'm reagan k at r-a-y-g-a-n-k uh, laura where can people find you on twitter at laura j nash nate where can people find you on twitter at nate stl and shane where can people find you i'm on twitter at 8bit shane and listeners thank you for listening to the short game <laughs>